Welcome to the AFC East podcast by NAFCO, brought to you by WestPA Systems, your electrical build contractor for your 21st century needs, and Dakota, the Dubois Area Council on the Arts. Today we have Jeff Carey, our Dolphins sideline correspondent, and Perry Langell here, myself, doing covering the Patriots, and our Bills Man, Paul seems to be MIA after suffering two losses since the last podcast we've done. And yes, they're still on the top of the AFC East. However, instead of going, they could have been 6-0, and we thought, maybe by now, but they are 4-2. and um, And boy, the Dolphins are looking pretty good here at 3-3. Uh, The Patriots played like crap on uh, Sunday afternoon, losing to the Broncos at home 18-12 with injuries galore on that offensive line. Jeff, how were them Dolphins, though? It looks like they had a good day. We had a good day, but we also played a terrible Jets team. (laughs) I told you it would be zero, something to zero. I thought the Dolphins would have done more. Yeah, at least they shut them out. You know, the defense looked really good um, shutting them out. Fitzpatrick played good. He still had his two interceptions that he always averages, seems like. But he did have three touchdowns. So, And there was a little bit of two action at the end of the game. So all that kind of got put into one game. So made the Dolphin fans happy in the stands for sure to see him run out there. Why did they? Oh, they brought Tua out just because they didn't want to risk injury to Fitzpatrick. I think just to put him out there to kind of quiet some of the people that were talking about when's he going to get in. Hmm. I think he had like two passes and three handoffs or something. He got a yeah. first down. Yeah, I got you there. Plus, also, um, it's not like the Jets were ever going to get through the offensive line and touch him. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, but the, uh, yeah, um, yeah, there was the score. Final score was 24 to zero. That game was played in Miami. Now that I expected as much. Um, I mean, I guess what, what is there to say about this game? Uh, in, anything notable to there you? There was, notice? uh, end yes. of the game when Tua went in, Fitzpatrick was on the sidelines cheerleading for him and getting the rest of the team excited um, because he knows he's just, you know, there for a little bit longer until Tua takes over. But it was cool seeing them kind of root for each other. And Brian Flores is doing an amazing job, you know, transforming the whole mentality and attitude in Miami, you know, to get better, get better, get better, get better all the time. So, and uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick's the oldest guy on the team. And it's a bunch of youngsters, so having his veteran leadership, you know, it is kind of paying off. I'm not a great fan of him, but he's doing the job for us. Yeah, I think he's what you guys need at this time. And, you know, I mean, the record 3-3, second in the AFC East, not bad. They're in, at this rate, they're actually in contention for playoffs, at least for a wild card slot, if they keep it up it's one of those things where it's um long term i don't know but their schedule isn't it's not the hardest schedule in the nfl that they have left but not easy i mean i do face the chiefs um and the raiders so it's one of those things where it's like 
it's uh, you know they got a chance, but it, it's it's a little bit of a long stretch now. The Patriots though have what feels like an endless streak here as far as just terrible football being played the last two games. Uh, we already talked about two games ago, which was like three weeks ago now. Um, do that unexpected buy against the Chiefs, but now they really their offensive line on on Sunday was so banged up. I mean, you basically had uh, Joe Toomey uh, there at the uh, at the center, and you could really see a big change in. in uh, he's a very cerebral player, I would say. He play, normally plays guard. They put him under center, and he had one mistake that I thought was really bad as far as you could just tell that they haven't been able to practice, and it was a shotgun snap, and it just went way over the head head of Cam Newton, and, the, and it just went back for 15 yards subtraction, and it was one of those, like, you know, Cam jumped on it, but, man, it could have been – could have gone the other way, and it – it was it was just bad play overall, and a lot of it had to do with the offensive line being non-existent. Um, there was, and I'm going to slaughter his name. I, I'm not going to say his name now. There was a, yeah, I, uh, um, uh, a tackle there got injured. We already lost Marcus Cannon due to the COVID uh, waiver, and then we lost Illuminor. That's his name, Illuminor. Uh we lost him due to an ankle injury. I don't know if he's going to be back for the season, but he. Uh, well, you guys only had like two practices, really. Like maybe. And one they were walkthroughs, and they were walkthroughs, yeah. so it's really not a good situation. And it it, it it's a bad situation, and there was a, a rough play. And he went down funky, and his ankle, his right ankle, just went on him. And it wasn't as bad as, like, the Dak Prescott thing from a, a little over a week ago. And, but it still was not – it was still one of those things where it's like, oh, the Patriots can't afford this loss. is not even, in my mind, a top-tier offensive lineman. He's sort of – I hate to say it, but I consider him second-tier. He's not there, though – He's not really there to be – he's a last-minute kind of guy that they took on to try to fill a void there with them, you know, missing people out of their offensive line. And now you really just have Joe Toomey as your only guy that is running – that is their top, a top-tier offensive lineman. And, and during Belichick's era, I've never seen it where they only had, like, one guy – as a top tier guy, and he's not even playing his natural position. He's playing center because he had it. He or he knows the system and he knows all this, but then he gave up 15 yards as a center by snapping a bad, uh, bad snap back there. And, and there was just the, during, during the game, the Broncos who are without Von Miller, by the way, were just completely in the backfield the entire game. And Newton spent half that game on his rear end and he also, um, they were always getting up their hands up. They were getting in there and getting their hands up, deflecting the ball a lot too. And, and things like that, that just made it. So 
Cam Newton basically couldn't get a pass off to save his life, and it wasn't really Cam Newton's fault. It, this one had to do with the injuries uh, of the offensive line, and so the Patriots had, like, no offense. And then the defense was okay-ish. They, uh, Adam Butler had to leave, too, during that game due, due, due to an injury. So, you know, so he lost a down tackle, and it's just one of those things where, like, the defense also didn't feel quite right. Secondary was okay overall, but, like, that front line and the backs didn't really have much going on. And they were playing a team that's not a top-tier team in my mind. You know, they really aren't. Uh, Andrew Luck was all over them, though. I mean, I'd say the secondary was okay, yeah, but at the same time, they were giving up yard after yard against Andrew or Drew Locke. And it was not a uh, – it was just – like I said uh, when I introed it, the Patriots played like crap against the Broncos on Sunday. Now, hopefully they can turn it around. They're playing the 49ers next weekend, which the 49ers – you know, I guess we can talk about the next week game a bit, but I'll just say against the Rams, they looked pretty good uh, on Sunday night football here this on week six here. Um but yeah, so there's well, the, the Dolphins took care of the 49ers, so uh, yeah, they did. But then I, I, I'm wondering, I don't know the 49ers by heart, but I'll say I'm wondering if maybe some players came back because in the beginning of the season they were very hobbled up. Um, that but I mean, they did play great against the Rams, just saying, like last Sunday, so um, they looked good, so maybe they got so their there's shit together. Now, I believe Garoppolo played that whole game, too. Garoppolo played yesterday. the whole game? Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he's been having those those in, you know little hobble-ups to himself. You're right. So, I want to move this over to the Bills. Um, we already covered the Dolphins, the Jets, the Patriots. Now, let's talk about the Bills, which... I'm sure this is why Paul's not here. So we have two games to cover with the Bills because they played Tuesday night football, and, which is the first time since 2002. And then they played the Chiefs tonight, Monday, Monday early evening football at 5 p.m. Um, so the Bills played the Titans. I didn't get to see much of that game. I was kind of hoping Paul would be here to cover it, but the Bills lost 16-42 to against the Titans. It, that was not what I think anybody expected, although Paul had gone back and forth saying he thought it was going to be a trap game. And I did say I predicted a win, not that decisive, but I did predict a win for the Titans on that one because I just like what Mike Vrabel's got going on over there. I've been a big fan of Mike Vrabel even as he was a player. And I know that you, Jeff, I can't remember what your prediction was. I know you say you don't like Ryan Tannehill. I I don't like Tannehill. I thought the Bills would win that game. But it's very hard to go 16-0 in the NFL, so you're going to have your losses. You know, you have two weeks, two weeks in a row of losses, but yeah, they, uh, it, yeah, could have been a little hangover tonight too. But they were also playing the Chiefs. Yeah, so as far as tonight goes, uh, they you know because we're recording this on Monday on ten nineteen here. Uh, 
because so, we're really talking about week five was that Tuesday night game with the Bills at Titans, and then week six, Chiefs at Bills and a Monday early evening game. And the Chiefs, 26-17. Uh, I did watch that game. I was kind of tuning in between that and Half-Life 2. And uh, the uh, the Chiefs really, uh, the, it seemed like a pretty even game until the very end. It was one of those games that did come down to the end in the fourth quarter there. The second half of the fourth quarter is where the game was decided. So the Bills didn't go out easily, but it was 26-17. Um, it, where do I go with this? It was a rainy game. So it was a little weird because it was, was the first game I've watched this NFL season where it was that fall, damp, cold kind of, I mean, what's the temp out right now? Hey Siri, what's the temperature outside? 52. So it's in that kind of low fifties overcast and just damp and drizzly game and the teams even the announcers were commenting how there was a lot of ground game going on and the chiefs even were relying on their running a lot more speaking of the chiefs though it's something that is we should probably should open up with although everybody in all sports has been opening up with this Le'Veon bell going over to the chiefs he did not play in this game because he just barely signed the deal with the Chiefs on Friday. But this applies to the AFC East no matter what, because the Jets lost their best player, really. Um, Best player, that or Sam Darnold, I don't know. But The Dolphins were were looking at... You are breaking up pretty good there, Jeff. What was that again? Jeff? Yeah. Okay, I think we have you back now. Is you, uh, you're saying the Dolphins were looking into Bell? The Dolphins were trying to get him also, but um, I think he chose Kansas City because of the chance for a Super Bowl. I and, agree and a with shorter you. deal. The Dolphins were going to give a two-year deal with more money, but I don't know. If, I, I'm glad he didn't come to the Dolphins, actually, because he's a real fan of the neck. So. Yeah, I, I can see your point there, and a lot of people think that the only reason that the Chiefs think that they can deal with him is that they already have they have Andy Reid, a very respected head coach, and then they have, um, you know, a winning team. Now Andy Reid's already been through this kind of thing. I like in the early two thousands, he dealt with a headache called Terrell Owens. You know, so he's he's seen right. this before, um, and I think uh, I actually think Bell is less of a less of a locker room issue than than Terrell Owens was. Now I think though that in his older years, I think he can keep uh, Bell at bay. Plus, he's he's uh, defending. You know, they're the, the defending champs, and you know he's got that ring under him now, and and it's current, and also you know I. Is Mahomes going to be that guy that can keep him at bay as the quarterback? He's kind of young, but you know what? Maybe he's old enough, plus he's got that that ring to prove himself with, or has proved himself with a ring, that I think Bell's going to have no choice but to shut up and listen. 
but we could be right. proven wrong, and it could end up all foul. But they only signed a one-year deal, and a lot of people say that I, I get there's something in that deal about it's like they have a clause where it's week to week, as far as that they can get rid of him any week. Um, so I, I I don't know that I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the full details of that contract, but there is something there about that they because basically they don't trust him to be a good teammate so it's they put put it week to week with him now and it's only for the rest of the season so now the thing is though what does that mean for the jets this is an afc's podcast so really what i'm talking about is the jets adam gase wow i'm surprised they haven't fired him like today so so the um the palm beach post wrote an article today no, not the post, the Sentinel, excuse me. It's the reasons why the Jets should not fire Gase. Yeah. Because if they fire him and get a new coach, they might actually win a couple of games. And they really don't want to win games. They need to tank for the number one pick. Oh. So it comes down to they just want they the tanking for Trevor at this point. Right, but here's but here's where it fits with the Dolphins because the Dolphins own the Texans pick in the first round. So if the Jets would happen to win more games than the Texans, that would give the Texans the first pick, which would really be the Dolphins pick now. Yeah, I guess they're not doing. What is their record standing? I think they've won one. They won one game. Yeah, they won one game. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But they're they're on – I mean, they're – if you're comparing them with the Texans – oh, well, yeah, because of them having that. So you're rooting for the Texans to lose as much as possible and maybe the right. Jets to pick up a win. Because you have, right. I mean, at that one win rate, you got the Chargers one and four, you got the Bengals one and four, and you got the Jaguars in the AFC South division as well as the Texans with one, with one win, and you're not competing just against the AFC on that one. Um, NFL standings. I'm going to do my research live here. Um, I mean, we're still going to get a decent pick, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, there's a lot of teams. I, I guess so, because, I mean, judging by this, you got Eagles, Giants, Washington, uh, Vikings, Falcons, all all in the same boat as the Texans right now. So, I'm just saying, I, I, I agree with you on that. It's just like, you got, I guess we have to watch more of the season here. Um Plus, they got rid of O'Brien, so maybe some of the toxicity over in, in Houston is going to go away. So, I guess I'm kind of refuting your point, but I'm also agreeing with you all at once here kind of thing. It's it's one of those. Yeah, it's never good when your coach is fired like five games into the season, you know. Yeah, I get you. They usually get that one inspirational win for the new coach, you know. They that happens a lot. I get you. Well, the 
Jets certainly stand a chance to pull off the 0-16. And like I said, that's what I really thought the Jets were going to do this year. I just don't see anywhere on their schedule them having necessarily a win. Because you know, next week they're playing the Bills. That's just going to be a wash in the Chiefs and the Patriots. Which, oh, the Patriots might get a win. Um, then the Chargers, then the Dolphins, then the Raiders, and the Seahawks, the Rams, the Browns, the Patriots. So, I mean, I just walked through their schedule. None of those, like I said, same thing as we said last week. I'm, I already covered it last week, so I'm not going to keep going over any more. The Browns is the only game at the end of December that I see them having any shot at. I guess maybe the Chargers, maybe the Chargers. In fact, actually, record-wise, the Chargers right now hold the uh, record-wise. They look like they might be the easiest team they have. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, there's where we're at here. So, I guess at this point, by the way, also we'll talk just briefly here about the Steelers, the geography here uh, for Paul and Perry here over at the – in the Western PA, they beat the Browns 38 to seven. There's that. So um, they are now five and zero, and that's all I'm going to do as far as the Steelers go. Now moving on to next week's schedule, we're already pretty deep in here at like 37, a little under th- about 36 minutes in. So let's move on to our coverage here. It turns out we don't necessarily need Paul to drone on and on. Um, I kid. So we'll cover the, uh, well, the Dolphins first here, Jeff. So you got the Dolphins, uh, the Rams at the Dolphins Sunday, 1 PM. What's your thoughts as Mr. Dolphin? Well, we know that, um, Fitzpatrick is going to start this game. So any hope that anyone has of Tua starting is not going to come to fruition quite yet. Fitz is still the man, so... And if he keeps playing decent, he could have another three-touchdown game. And if the defense stays up, you know, maybe hold them under 14 points, you know? So I'd like to see. So you're thinking... You're thinking 14-21? That's pretty good. 21-14 sounds awesome, Dolphins. That'll actually put us over 500. It would, and then if, with a Bills loss, you guys would be tied. Um, now, for me, this one's hard to read because uh, it's just like I remember the Rams doing so well. I, I think the Rams are kind of falling apart right now uh, from what they were back a couple years ago. I think that they, they're, the seams are coming apart on what they had going for them. This when they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Last year, we already kind of saw that coming. But this year, it's really prevalent, especially when I saw the Niners play them. And you got to remember, the Dolphins beat the Niners in their home. But like I said, they might be coming around to less injuries. So, with that being said, I think you could see like 28-14 Dolphins. I do predict a Dolphins win here. Um, there, that's my statement on that. So moving on over to the 
Jets. They are playing the Bills. So I guess we're going to cover the Bills and the Jets all in one here. Um, next weekend, uh, Sunday, 1025, week seven, you got 1 p.m. Bills at Jets. I don't think home field advantage means anything in New York, especially with this Jets team. I, I'm going to predict 50 to zero Bills. Wow. I mean, the Bills are pissed off. They've lost two in a row, so they're going to take it out on the Jets for sure. Uh, I think the Jets will score a touchdown. I really think somehow something fluky will happen. But I'm going to call it pretty high, too. I'm going to call it 42 to 7. Okay. 42 to 7. All right. So, yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, we already smashed on the Bills long enough. Or on the Jets, sorry. Um, now we have 49ers at Patriots. Um, and that's where I come into saying the 49ers looked good last weekend. I think they're doing better than they were when they played, the, you know, either the you know the Dolphins or the Bills. Or the Dolphins, rather. Jeez, I don't know what I'm thinking there. Because they have not played the Bills. Okay, the Dolphins. So, be, that being said, I don't know if the Patriots are any better than the Dolphins right now. I think that they might be worse than the Dolphins in their current state with that offensive line. But if you don't have an offensive line, you don't have an offense, really. It's one of the undervalued positions as far as a fanship goes, but the true, you know... NFL chunkies know the offensive line is extremely critical. And the 49ers, boy, I if they couldn't beat the Broncos at home, what makes me think that they're going to beat the 49ers? The only real difference is that the Patriots, if they can keep COVID clean enough to have practices, maybe something can happen there. Um, especially if Luminor is his ankle injuries, you know, got him able to come back. I'm going to look into that so I can have a uh, educated bit on that. Did not play, I guess. Well, I guess we're not um Well, that's inaccurate. Not injury related did not play. No, he didn't play cuz he got injured on the field there, so I don't know what the this injury report's kind of useless by. And that's what the Patriots official injury report's putting out. So, okay. That was useless. So, what I'm going to say is that the boy, I'm thinking with this offensive line, I, I, I think 10 to the Patriots and 21 to the 49ers. I'm actually predicting a loss here because unless I see something up on that offensive line, how, how can you get anything done? Um, the 49ers looked good last weekend or, you know, just yesterday. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that 10 to, what did I say, 10 to 21? 10 to right. 21. I'm going to take a different approach on the Dolphins beat the 49ers. So I think you're right. I'm thinking the Patriots and the Dolphins are pretty close right now as far as talent-wise goes. So 
if the Dolphins can beat them, I think you guys should beat them. There ain't any, like, more injuries to you guys, like you said. And if you can keep your team healthy from COVID. I'm going to go uh, 21-14 Patriots. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I just It's that offensive line issue is really what's got me going there. But, okay. <laughs> you know, so we'll uh, – so going over to Pittsburgh here, we have our little non-AFC adoptee here. Uh, Steelers at Titans. I think this is going to be a tight one because you have the Titans. They're pretty good. They're red hot, especially Derrick Henry. And you got the Steelers red hot, 5-0. and So, oh, what do you say there? I, I think I'm going to flip it up to – Home field advantage, 21-24 Titans. And at that point, I'm just literally saying, hey, the Titans are at home. Well, I can't pick the Titans, you know, because of Tannehill. <laughs> and I, I really think Ben is going to be back this year. Ben's 5-0 and right now. As long as he's healthy, he can win games. So I'm actually going to pick the Steelers. It's going to be like 28-23, to 23, somewhere in there. It's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a great game to watch, actually. Yeah, yeah, that that's it's going to be a barn burner. Okay, Jeff. Well, any uh, anything I should be asking you that I haven't asked you yet? Hey, go Fins, baby! You know what I'm saying? Okay. I got you. <laughs> A- all right. Hey, the AFC is tight for once. You know what I mean? We're all kind of bunching up a little bit. AFC. Yeah, yeah. Finally, uh, the Pats are not the dominant team, right? It's some, there's some storylines now, you know. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you got this. Yeah, four and one, three and three. Oh, four and two, three and three, two and three, zero oh and six. Yeah, it was the rundown there. So it's one of those. Um, it's besides the Jets, everybody's in it right now. I mean, it's within two games of the top three. The rest of the league is pretty happy, too, not to see the Patriots doing so well, you know. Yeah, uh, I, uh, yeah. Haters be hating. Brady's happy right now. Yeah, because, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're, he's very fortunate that he's not dealing with all the, (laughs) the COVID issues that the Pats are dealing with. Well, they just, they, they, Beat somebody. I forget who they played, but I was watching it. Um, pretty good. Uh, let me look. Green Bay. They beat Green Bay. They beat Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, and the and a lot of people were considering the. Uh, I'm sorry. A lot of people were considering them the best team in the league, the Packers. Um, that or the Chiefs, depending on who you ask. I guess in the NFC, I should say, best all around team. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is Tampa this year, you know. And a lot of people are saying too, the timing is now down between Gronk and Brady again. That's what I was going to say. They got a couple games they played now. They're getting to know each other better. Yeah, because that first game was atrocious, but you know, with no real off season and just kind of going out there bare. 
away against a team that's pretty much all the same players as the season before with the Saints. I guess it was bound to be a bad game for for Tampa. But since then, they've been chugging along. But, yeah, it's a tight one in the AFC East. But with that, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Dakota, the Dubois Area Council on the Arts, and West PA Systems, your electrical build contractor for your 21st century needs. This has been the AFC East Podcast by NAFTA. When ashes fall, the legends